and welcome to Crying in the Book Club, a podcast where three emotional friends talk about books that give them emotional feelings. I am Emily and I am here with John Luke Bottle. Hello. Hello. Uh, hey. I'm also here. And Alex Hansiak. Hello. I was just thinking we could do like, you know, when we say like, uh, uh, this is crying in the book club, and then we have like a a crying sound effect. It would I think it would really elevate the show. Like no, a, I don't know if you remember, but I did at one point attempt to get a crying sound effect to put into the episode, but it was too sad. Oh, I you know what? Um, you're gonna see Chad soon in yeah. person. I'll have to get a clip of Chad crying. Yeah, but make it authentic. Make it authentic. You you're gonna take him out drinking uh i don't know personal stuff you know we, we don't need to know what it is we just need him to cry i just gotta hit him where it hurts just, yeah kick him in the balls Wait, you're going, a- you're going axe I'm... throwing you don't even need to kick him <laughs> oh god yeah i'm just gonna uh plant an axe in uh ch- our good friend beloved former co-host friend of the show head, friend of the show guest on this show whoa, in the head. His head. whoa, whoa. i was thinking more like <laughs> advocating like killing him i was thinking like the neck I'm like oh neck <laughs> also feels very deadly no he's 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 got a nice neck you know shout who else likes killing people um, shout out to chad's neck you know, yeah, you know who else likes killing people? The American Psycho. Uh, uh, the topic of today's episode, pneumonia. <laughs> oh, I just realized it sounds like pneumonia. I you guess ever, a you ever feel bit. that? I, you, feel you know, that? I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. they, they should have done more bits like that in the book. Yeah, hey, about yeah. how her name sounds like well, pneumonia. It's like during the Middle Ages times, and people are dying of like plagues. It'd, it'd be funny if like, oh, you killed another one, and then pneumonia's like, that's not me. And then that's you know it's a web comic. You make that one page, and it's like ah. Oh. There's a plot of like you know they they make a bunch of people sick and kill them. Like should should have killed them with pneumonia. Also, you know what? With COVID, I couldn't read this book. It was just too real. I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't do it. Um, and I think yeah. I think it I think yeah I think the fact that I think the fact that our good friend Andy Stevenson wrote this at, after COVID was kind of fucked up. That's not yeah. True what were at they think? What were they thinking with that? Not true know. at all. He fucked up. It's kind of like how Jeff Lemire wrote Sweet Tooth after COVID, and it was like, yeah. Okay, look, admittedly, watching the first season of Sweet Tooth in 2020 was very unsettling. Yeah, I bet. He's got a new show, Essex County, uh, coming out. It's actually, well, at the time of recording, it's uh, premiering on Sunday. So tomorrow, the first episode of Essex County. Oh, uh, yeah. Ah. Well, I don't know if I should watch that. It'd probably (laughs) make me angry. Well, it's on the Canadian Broadcast Corporation, so they don't have a big budget. Not that you need a big budget for Essex County. I mean, Essex County is like a really small, like, slice of life thing. Yeah. Great book, though. Yeah. Yeah, we're here to talk about... uh, Pneumonia. Andy Stevenson's Pneumonia. Uh, I hope he feels better. (laughs) (laughs) Pneumonia is a fantasy graphic novel by American cartoonist Andy Stevenson, who is a, a... Bi-gender, trans-mask, lesbian who uses he-they pronouns. John Luke's just laughing. That's just what... John, yeah, John Luke, that's Not so rude. <laughs> John Luke is going to get canceled in this episode. <laughs> Alex uh, said the... No, I'm going to edit the part out where you can hear me laughing on the recording. But when Alex said, I wish them a speedy recovery or something to that effect, it was really funny. Because Nimona so- sounds like pneumonia. Yeah, we established mm, this already. Hard to say. 
I no, I know. I'm just explaining the joke. Uh, Sorry, I, I've had more drinks than normal when we record this podcast. How many drinks have you had today, John? Wait, let's guess. Let's guess. Let's guess. Let's guess. Let's guess. Okay, right, yeah, let's actually, guess. um, yeah, let's guess. Alex, uh, you okay. can go first since you right. wanted to guess more than normal. Uh, a few things. John Luke's played Overwatch today. People at home don't know that yet, so I would think he drank a little. Emily bit. knows that actually. Um, I'd say more than normal for a regular. I'd say three. Three drinks. I was also going to say three, so I'll say four. Alex got it. Usually I have one before we do the podcast. Yeah, I had one and I'm having another right now. My I'm just feeling a little goofy. Are alcoholics. A little goofy. Well, I only drink before the podcast, so. Uh, hmm. <laughs> do what you will. <laughs> is a fantasy graphic novel by American cartoonist Indy Stevenson. The story follows Nimona, a shapeshifter who joins the villain Ballister Blackheart in his plans to destroy the over-controlling Institute. Blackheart tries to operate under his code of ethics, while Nimona has no problem with killing, as I m- mentioned. Uh, the setting mixes magic and technology. Stevenson began work on Nimona while studying at a Maryland Institute College of Art, revisiting a character they created while in high school. According to Stevenson, Nimona was created by combining two characters that they had previously come up with, a female shapeshifter and a character inspired by Joan of Arc. I don't know why the Joan of Arc thing did not occur to me until I was doing the research for these notes because it is extremely obvious in like the, the aesthetic of her costume. Uh, Nimona's look was based off of uh, Stevenson's own experience with cosplay. Uh, They preferred cosplaying as male characters rather than female characters and wanted to do a costume that people who weren't interested in looking particularly buxom or sensual might want to dress as. uh, A sentiment that I can relate to. Uh, Stevenson published Nimona as a webcomic from 2012 through 2014, initially through Tumblr, developing the story and art style as time progressed. The finished work ultimately doubled as their senior thesis. HarperCollins printed Nimona as a graphic novel in 2015. It has been translated into at least 16 other languages and adapted into an audiobook. Fun fact, the audiobook is actually the first way that I got I experienced Nimona in full because for many years uh Kindle and Comixology were separate apps and you could only get Nimona as a like Kindle book and not as a Comixology book and since I just used Comixology I was like "Eh, I'm not gonna bother with this uh so I didn't read it for a long time even though I'm a a fan of Stevenson's other work. Like uh, I, I, I really liked Lumberjanes back in the day. Uh, but this one, it took me a lot longer to get around to, but um, Nimona has won an Eisner award as a side, a side Cybels award. I've never heard of this one. Named after CM Cebulski, then editor of the current editor of Marvel comics, uh, I former don't think that's true. Asian man. I'm sorry, but former Asian man is what took me out. Um, Mm. And a cartoonist studio prize. Reviews and academic analyses have highlighted themes of queerness and fluidity of identity and how they oppose and subvert traditional controlling institutions and exclusionary systems. So that's the background on Nimona. (laughs) I'm like very curious about the audiobook because. Yeah, um, I would love to tell you my favorite thing about the audiobook. And that is. 
that I could give you 101 guesses as to who voices Blackheart in the audio drama version of this. And I don't think that you could guess. I'm not going to let you guess. John Waller. Jonathan Davy, <laughs> Jonathan Davis of Corn. Yes, that's Vo- crazy. Voices Blackheart, and he does a really good job, actually. This was his like, big break, I think. Yeah, this was definitely his big break in like uh-huh. 2014, <laughs> or whenever the audiobook version came out. But uh, yeah, it's it's actually it's pretty good. It's interesting. Um, does he do any of the of his like trademark scatting on there? Ooh, ah, no, ah, ah. no, that's, that's not- David Draymond from Disturbed. But also, no, that doesn't really play into uh, his characterization of uh, Ballister Blackheart. Disappointing. So the the plot summary of Nimona, I I hope this isn't too long, but I'm going to go through it anyway. Uh, Nimona sneaks into Blackheart's lair under false pretenses, but is nonetheless allowed to stay and work for him as a sidekick. She reveals to Blackheart that she is a talented shapeshifter, a gift she says was given to her as a child by a witch. Blackheart used to be a knight, but a horrible jousting accident led to him losing an arm and turning to villainy. In the course of helping him with his villainy, Nimona and Blackheart discover that the Institution of Law Enforcement and Heroics is experimenting with dark magic using a poisonous plant called Jade Root. The Institution orders Blackheart's former best friend, turned nemesis, probably love interest, possible end of series love interest, uh, Sir Golden Loin, to kill Nimona. Blackheart gives a speech at a public event that convinces people to turn against the institution. He is subsequently captured as in a ploy to trap Nimona. A fight ensues. Nimona's head cut off, is cut off, but she gets better. She accidentally reveals to Blackheart that the origin story she told about her powers was a lie. They fight about this. She leaves him. Blackheart is once again captured by Goldenloin, who admits the jousting accident that took Blackheart's arm was not really an accident. The institution also captures Nimona when she attempts to rescue Blackheart. They make the mistake of taking a blood sample from her. She is able to control the blood cells outside her body, which transform into a giant dragon. The dragon escapes, killing the director of the institution and proceeding to ravage the town. We learn that the villagers where Nimona grew up believed her to have been a monster impersonating a child who had previously died and that she was experimented upon by the institution as a child. Blackheart attempts to use a device that can stop Nimona from transforming, causing him to, uh, causing uh, her to turn on him. He defeats the dragon and escapes with Golden Loin, but the lab is destroyed with Nimona still inside. Blackheart becomes a hero for exposing the institution's use of Jade Root. While healing from the battle, Blackheart is visited in the hospital by Nimona. She is disguised as a nurse, but he figures out that it was her. He never sees Nimona again, to his knowledge, but wonders about every stranger and animal who looks at him. So that's Nimona. Um, so that's That was very concise. I tried. It's not really a long book, but there's just, you know, a lot of things that happen in it. And uh, so what was you guys' uh, history with Nimona? Had, had either of you read it before? Were you familiar at all? I... Had never read Nimona before. Never. I, I figured that neither of you had read it, honestly. Yeah, and I read it on a read comics on. Oh, I read it on a legal site to read <laughs> comics on. Um, and I didn't know it was a web comic, but like after like four pages, I was like, "This is a web comic." Yeah, you um, can even the 
even though it's been adapted into a graphic novel format, like it still very much feels like a webcomic yeah. when you're reading it, especially in the beginning. Yeah, like by like the middle and stuff, it felt more like a graphic novel, which I think was probably like ND by that time being like, oh, this will be a graphic novel. Probably yeah. sort of sort of building to that as opposed to like it does sort of feel its Tumblr roots in the beginning a lot uh, to me, um, which makes sense because that's where it was posted. Yeah. Main character has pink hair. Tumblr roots checks out. Tumblr roots. <laughs> you guys have no idea how many times I have like gotten close to doing the Nimona haircut. Uh, she has basically just her bangs and then the rest of her head is basically like shaved, like very close cropped. And it's called a Chelsea haircut is what that is called. And like, I, I've never been brave enough, uh, and I'm especially fond of my current mohawk that I've had for several years, but uh, there have been many times where I very seriously was about to go for the Chelsea. I think you should do it. <laughs> I, I, like, I think it'd be cool, day. like, like whenever you visit cons and stuff sometimes, like, you know, sell, sell the wares. Um, it'd be cool if you had that. Maybe one day, and I'll, I'll do a cosplay. I'll be green, Nimona. Yeah. Because she does change her hair color at one point. She starts off as green. She becomes purple at one point. So, you know, maybe she could be green. You're projecting. She starts yeah, off as pink. She starts pink. That's what I meant. I just missed her. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so neither of you had read this before. Um, hey, were you familiar with any of Andy Stevenson's other work? Yeah, I read their Runaways book. Okay. Nothing, I assume, Alex? Um, I had, I've seen a few episodes of the She-Ra show. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and I watched more episodes of that than I watched of the uh, the, the He-Man show that came after by Kevin Smith. Um, uh-huh. Both well, had audiences and both had nice, well, not nice, both had like, oh, no, these are the worst things ever. Also feedback, uh, which is, which is yeah. good. But yeah, and I mean, I, I'd known about Lumberjanes. Um, I think it was part of the Boombox imprint. Is yes. like a, it was, a, yeah. All ages one, but never read it. Yeah, I, I read a couple issues of Lumberjanes when it was getting like insane, like rave reviews, and it I was feel, good, but not for me. Yeah, I, that's what I was gonna say. Is it does not seem like a John Luke Bottle book, <laughs> which is fine. I mean, the Runaways book was not really very good either. But that's I haven't. I I actually fault. didn't really know that they that they did a Runaways book until you just said this. Well, the only actual runaway it's called Runaways, but the only actual character that's in it is Molly. And oh. it's a it's written as an event tie-in that I okay. think was supposed to spin out into an actual book and then gotcha. Marvel style that didn't happen. Gotcha. But it, it, it's not really their fault. It kinda sucked. Mm-hmm. It, it was just the circumstance of being an event tie-in. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I uh I really liked Lumberjanes. I read quite a bit of Lumberjanes, but I never I like I fell off at some point and just never picked it back up. Uh I mean, Lumberjanes had a creative team change at some point, right? They didn't they didn't Yeah, the, yeah, it wasn't thing. yeah, that uh it wasn't 100% uh Stevenson. I I couldn't remember exactly, but I that sounded right. Mhm. Yeah, but um I and I did watch uh I've watched all of uh She-Ra of course. Uh, yeah, I was really excited to do this book. The reason that we're doing this episode is because Netflix is... Well, there is a Nimona movie coming out that I don't know how much you guys know about this. It's had sort of a complicated uh, 
development or uh, creation cycle. Um, it started, it was uh, being animated by Blue Sky and it was like nearly done over at Blue Sky when Blue Sky was a uh, Blue Sky known uh, most significantly for the Ice Age movies. Um, Blue Sky was acquired by Disney who proceeded to uh, dump a lot of the unfinished projects that Blue Sky had. And so uh, it was for a while believed that the Nimona movie, despite again being almost entirely done, uh, wasn't going to see the light of day, uh, but it was scooped up by Netflix and Annapurna Studios. So uh, that's going to be coming out this year. Uh, so we're hoping to record this episode and then have it ready for whenever the movie drops and we can just put it out to get that sweet, sweet SEO bump. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the movie's dropping today. From <laughs> yeah, what I can see. So hopefully the movie is dropping today. Alex is watching it right now on, <laughs> on Netflix. It's pretty okay. Who was everybody's favorite character in this book? I like the character Blackheart a lot. Um, I I like his whole shtick of he's like, I'm a villain, but I don't like kill. And it's like, I got a code of ethics and I'm like doing, doing my own thing. And then um, his his sort of um, interactions with Nimona, um, who's, who has a lot of energy and he's kind of like very stoic and sort of how they how, how they grow to be friends and, and all that. It's very nice. And then he's got his little romance going on mm-hmm. um, with, with the guy who cut off his hand. And they just need to you communicate. You know, romance. But, yeah, I like that he's basically he's more or less Billy Butcher, but except for the part where Billy Butcher loves doing violence, he kind of like hates it. But everything else <laughs> is like very similar between those two characters. I, and he I has no wife. Pretty funny. He does not have a dead wife, He, but yeah. he has he does have a superhero that he yearns for. He does. There you go. Um, also, I meant to ask before I asked that, um, how did you guys feel about this book in a general sense? I I like it. I mean, it, I really like the art. It You can tell stylistically that it was like drawn on a webcomic schedule, but mm-hmm. not I don't say that in a bad way. I like I, I've I don't feel like the art suffers from it, even if it like even if you can tell. Yeah, I know in one of the Runaways episode, I compared it to webcomic art in a derogatory way, but this is kind of like the opposite direction where I, I really like this is one where I think it really benefits from having like a scratchy and kind of incomplete style. Like it's actually really charming and, and definitely I, I'm sh- I haven't read the original webcomic. I'm sure it was touched up for the graphic novel release, but I mean, I'm this is in D. Stevenson's like personal style, so I can imagine that like there probably wasn't too much like overt editing of the art, probably just you know cleaning things up. Yeah, I and I I, I do really love that style. Like, I think the mm. book looks really good. Um, like the characters are super expressive, which I which I like. Um, and I I I enjoyed how much was you know ended up going how much there was like going on in the plot. Like I really liked the, like the back and forth between the Institute and Nimona's mentor character. Well, who's set the character. I can't remember what his name is. Blackheart. Uh, Blackheart. Yeah. I really liked the back and forth between the Institute and Blackheart. Um, 
I thought there, you know, the book was very charming when it need, when it wanted to be uh, in ways that were like really fun ways that like it kind of reminded me of Spy Family. Some of the the ways and the, the the like sense of humor. Yeah, um, I could definitely see that. It's yeah, I, I, I dug it. I mean, it's not, you know, it's I wouldn't put it in the category of things that are like my shit, you know, necessarily. But it's it's really good. Like, mm-hmm. I, I did really enjoy it. I'm glad to hear that. Well, yeah, Alex. I was nodding it? my head like this uh, when Emily asked, but that was just because I said I, I, I'd want to talk at that point. I was like, Jean Luc, you better go now because uh, I enjoyed this. I had I had a good Yay. time with it. Um, kind of breezed through it in like probably like 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, um, it's a really I like. It took yeah. me longer than thirty minutes, but like it's a breezy read. Yeah, I yeah, was just it, being lazy. It was like a like it started off with like a cozy sort of webcomic thing with like you know interesting characters and stuff, and I think it does actually build to something that has some has some weight to it, which is nice. Yeah, um, and maybe I wasn't expecting at the beginning, uh, and the art the, the art's really it's 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 very consistent throughout, and I think it's very very quirky, very cute, mm-hmm. so it works well. Interestingly, I actually think the art gets better as it goes on. Um, well, not yeah. better necessarily, but at least more detailed. There were some t- moments at the confident. beginning. Yeah, like there's some spots at the beginning, especially the se- some of the scenes where they're in uh, Blackheart's hideout, where there's like nothing going on in the background. It's like just like the character. It's just basically just the characters on a flat color background. And maybe there's like a couch or a TV or something yeah. in the sh- or a table in the shot. But as it went on, like they, you know, they started adding more into the background as if like, you know, they were more confident in drawing. It's kind of impossible to work on a webcomic and not become better at art because you're forcing yourself to put things out on like a consistent schedule and you're like working regularly. So that makes sense. Like I, we mentioned in uh, the uh, the uh, aforementioned Runaways episode about webcomic art. Uh, John made a crack about uh, questionable content, and if you if you go from like the beginning of questionable content to like more recent pages, the the art glow up is fucking insane. But that's what happens when you draw something for you know like fifteen years. Yeah, and and I wouldn't say that this is quite as drastic because like questionable content, yeah, questionable content starts off looking like you know low rent, like really low rent. It starts and now off it looking looks much fantastic. worse than this. Yeah, right, exactly. Whereas this this has like a much stronger baseline, and it's yeah. just that it, I think it just gets more detailed and intricate as it goes on. It's just, questionable content's just my favorite example of webcomic art improving. Big up. <laughs> yeah, and then like also in this one, like there's a lot more like action set pieces near the back, and there's like some really cool explosion ones, especially when you get the green mm-hmm. the, the green explosions going on, and and I mean like the chaotic scene where they're doing the joust at the end, and just like all the people, and it's just like so it's. Yeah, like compared to the first few ones where it's like it's a webcomic, it's these two people hanging out. There's not a lot going on in the background and stuff like that. And you go to that and you're like, well, this feels like it feels like a graphic novel that was like the same amount of time was put into everything. Um and it was all done at a similar time. Uh, yeah. Like one thing about it is that I feel like you can tell that like Indy Stevenson did not start out with like the full concept of the story going in but like it it builds pretty quickly and uh i think it goes it to some really cool places and i uh i don't know i just find it interesting that you can kind of see the comic getting its footing as it goes also super cool and i just realized that uh Andy stevenson's his nickname is indy yeah just indy so yeah it's cute 
Yay. <laughs> but um, who was who was everyone's least favorite character? Did you have one even? I don't know that I even like. I mean, there are characters that I wasn't fond of, but like it wasn't like I disliked anyone. I guess. I despise Golden Lion. <laughs> Just evil man like I, I i like that he sort of has like a redemption arc by the end i enjoy his character arc but no not a not a not a fan of uh weak. Like that motherfucker weak i also dislike golden line but nimona for me just like oh my gosh every page nimona's there and it's like come on she's so cute i love her <laughs> no she's great she's great yeah I, I didn't really dislike any characters uh mm-hmm. even, even mr loin was a-okay in my book um we already talked about the art um how do you guys feel about the way that nimona blackheart and golden loin subvert stereotypes about villains and heroes because that's sort of like the that's sort of like the modus operandi for this book i guess because like you know you don't start off with a story where you're in the a villain's perspective if you're not trying to do a subversion thing yeah i mean i i thought it was really fun like especially at the beginning when you get like i mean before you know like what nimona's ulterior motives are before there's the twist that she's like you know a much more ancient than the the rest of the characters like it is really fun just getting to see basically like a you know sort of a a super villain and 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 his sidekick it's kind of figure a, out and plans and it's kind of an odd couple comedy type yeah yeah in the way that like but in the way that superhero stuff often is right mm-hmm. like batman and robin are kind of an odd couple yeah. too, you know and, and the, the, their dynamic is and kind she of she is explicitly his sidekick yeah 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 i mean it, she looks like carrie kelly you know there's a lot that's kind of like Batman and Robin about, mm-hmm. about these two. Mm-hmm. I, and I mean that that's not, a, that, I don't mean that as like, you know, is no, I hadn't, I hadn't considered the connection, but like, you're totally right. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I really like that aspect of it that she's just like, it's, and to go back to the spy family comparison, she's kind of like, um, I can't remember. Anya. The, on, she's kind of like Anya in her sort of, and with her it's all oh, an act. Genius. But the yeah, like the but the sort of like wide eyed excitement and naive, like m- mischievous, yes, but also naive, seemingly naive mm-hmm. uh, about it, um, and really excited about the prospect of killing people, which is kind of uh, way darker when you know like the reveal at the when you get to the the <laughs> twist that she is actually like this has all basically been a revenge plot for for nimona but at first it's is very charming uh like, the idea that she's like you know nimona just likes to kill bad guys well, well yeah. good she likes good to kill guys. good guys yeah but i mean even from the beginning it's like okay these it, it, I, I i mean it's also like not a long thing i guess so there wasn't really a long period where i was like oh no these are the good guys and these are the bad guys mm-hmm. and it's like subverted and all that is it, it kind of went there it's pretty clear from the get-go just because of like the way that it sets up the like superhero stuff as mm-hmm. going through like the institute it's it's very obvious like oh it's just capitalized noun it, that's that's a bad thing in fiction those are those are the bad guys you know mm-hmm. and, and it, it it has like the it does this that you know it's it's sort of like when it gives you the vibes of like when Lex Luthor starts recruiting young superheroes in like the DC universe and you're like Oh, I mean, this is not, this isn't for actual altruistic purposes. He's not doing that, 
he's not doing that for good reasons. Um, so you kind of like get you kind of get a similar vibe like that immediately off of the the institute and, mm-hmm. and Golden Loin, and obviously like Golden Loin's betrayal of well, uh, yeah, betrayal not one hundred percent the right word, but that what he does to to blow yeah. apart by blowing his arm off. Like, yeah, I get yeah. What you mean. there's a there's a there's a bit of malice of underlying malice you get to them. Um, where it's pretty clear from the get-go that even, like, yeah, like, Andy Stevenson is playing with the tropes, it's still, like, pretty clear who, like, ends up being in the right. There was never a time where I was, like, feeling for Yeah, I mean, it's it's playing with the tropes, but, like, there's no... uh, There's no assumption that, like, the world uh, operates as you would expect it to on, on like a hero villain basis. Like we, we like start off with these sympathetic villain characters and the, the hero characters only get worse. But it is neat that like the, you know, uh, Blackheart uh, has like a code of ethics and it seems like golden loin doesn't. And it's just like, you know, just right off the bat, we say I'm villainous, but not like, it's it's like I'm bad guy. It does not mean I'm bad guy. It's yeah, like yeah. No, exactly. Vibes. To go back to something Alex said though uh, about not feeling bad for Golden Loin, uh, <laughs> I do feel bad for Golden Loin because I think he's just really stupid. Like just a very <laughs> like a deeply stupid well, person. He's a blonde. And, yep. Well, yeah, and you know, not so much playing with the tropes there, just going right in on <laughs> on blondes, I guess. Sorry, but I, but I really like that you know the bit where they. Like a big plot point is that, you know, Blackheart has kind of like been suspicious of the institution for a long time, but he keeps losing because he sucks. Uh, but now like Nimona's there so he can actually win at something. And so he successfully finally like gets into the Institute's headquarters and steals a bunch of their secret files. And it reveals that like, oh, yeah, they're like doing like these weapons experiments mm-hmm. with, you know, illicit substances that they've banned. And they just tell like they they like leak it and then the institute tells golden one it's like oh no it's not true that's just nimona shape-shifting into the tv mm-hmm. reporter which also very funny that that ends up actually being what happened because yeah, it is what I mean, happened but yeah but i i love that it sets up the scene as like oh they actually like they because they say in the previous scene like oh we have to do more than just like give to the press or whatever and they're like oh well they gave it to the press they're gonna do something else like it makes sense like yeah they're doing this tv cast and you're like oh okay they did that and then it actually is just that, like, Nimona shapeshifted into yeah. the, the Yeah, well, and there's, like, tension in that scene fun. because the, you know, the people in charge are like, okay, we have to shut down this anchor. We got we got to mm-hmm. get her. We got to get her. And then it's like, oh, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's very much like the film um, um, by by Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. They didn't do the film. They didn't like the film. V for Vendetta. Because <laughs> there's new people in it. Yeah, it's, it's a V for Vendetta scene. It, it yeah. is it is kind of like that scene from, from V, yeah. Can we do V for Vendetta, guys? We should do V. We I should have the comic. I have not read really movie. Movie. I haven't read V for Vendetta in at a minimum of ten years, but it's been definitely been more. It's been, like it's, it's been like ten years, yeah. It's been at least thirteen years for me, probably. I'm reading um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen right now. I don't oh, know. If it's oh. yet, we should also do that. I'm like two issues in, but I digress. 
<clears throat> one other thing from that TV scene, I I love that uh, Golden Loin again another instance of Golden Loin just being very gullible and kind of stupid in some ways. He like runs after a rat that he thinks like, oh that rat, that's Nimona shape shifting, and the whole time it's just a rat, and Nimona had shape shifted into one of the guards that was behind him, and that's oh, the good. sort of like that's the kind of stuff that's like it's not like like stuff like that is not like genre trope subversive but is like just the kind of like subversion of your expectations that makes for really funny jokes yes and this book has like a lot of moments like that one. Oh yeah um, where it's just like oh it like y- if you're familiar at all with like i mean not even necessarily specifically superhero tropes but just any kinds of like you know, fictional fictional tropes, you would expect one thing and then the book goes in the other direction and plays it for comedy in a way that I think is 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 really well done. Yeah, definitely. Um what do you guys think about Nimona's shape shifting? Would you like to be able to shape shift? And if so, what would you turn yourself into? You can answer these questions in any order. I would uh, shapeshift into a rock with googly eyes because it's from my favorite epic scene from an epic movie. Oh, come on, John. I know you didn't like it, but the movie's good. Like, uh, No, I, 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 of course, would like shapeshifting powers. I don't know what I would shapeshift into. Probably a guy. I would shapeshift into Jeff Bezos. I was thinking and that. And I would kill yeah, Jeff I Bezos. Would sh- I would shape well. I would. I don't know if I would kill him, um, but I would shape shift into Jeff Bezos, and uh, I would. I don't know what I would do. I would die. You know, I would destroy the company of Amazon. I don't know something okay. like that. Beautiful. Actually, I think even better. I would shape shift into Rorschach because he's fucking epic, and then I could walk <laughs> around. Just walk around. You, you just go to Comic Cons and take pictures of people. That's your whole shtick. You're just like. I'm sure people have done this, but you do a Rorschach cosplay and you just don't shower for a month before the convention. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Alex, what would you shapeshift and do? I kind of like the shapeshifting into billionaires thing, but I would probably just like off them, you know, one by one. And then like, oh, all these billionaires are disappearing. But I, but like, you know, and then the, the, their last act as me, it would be me. And I'd be like, the money is going to something good or something. I don't know. And then go there. But if I'm also doing a Rorschach, uh, you know, w- one for me, as, as they say. Uh, no, I think the billionaire one's good enough. I think I'd be happy enough. The billionaire's yeah. one's good, yeah. yeah. But don't murder. I would shapeshift into like a an esports legend. Oh my and gosh. because I'm really bad at video games, I would enter a tournament as, you know, this esports <laughs> legend and then do like horrible and destroy yeah. their legacy and make it seem like they were, I don't know, like taking whatever like Xanax or whatever the pills are that you're that esports stars take. I'd be curious. Adderall, that's it. It's Adderall. I'd be curious. Yeah, like, Xanax I would... is like the opposite of what yeah, it is. Yeah, no, yeah, as soon as it came out, I was like, no, it's not Xanax, but yeah. See, I, I would you know. like, you know, a little ego in my head. I would like sub myself into like a top team and just like see how well I can do. And like, do we lose? Is it, is it notice? It would be. It definitely would be. But like, I feel like time, if you, if Reinhardt became meta again, you could shapeshift into an OWL player <sighs> and hold your own. But here, here's the thing. Like, I'm thinking about it in, like, CSGO, which obviously I don't know the aim for that. But, like, or Overwatch. Like, these teams play against each other so much, and they're at such a high level that they all do the same shit. If I come it's in true. here and I don't know what I'm doing, they'll think it's, like, brilliant. They'll be like, whoa, 
why is he going down mid with no smoke? And I'm like, what's mid? What's smoke? Bop, 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 bop. So. Oh. Uh, Emily. I love Nimona's shape-shifting power. <laughs> yeah, I do too. I, I think she's great. I, I really enjoy that there's like... The, there's like a tendency in, in a lot of like superhero comics that like, you know, powers have to have limits and we have to like clearly delineate where the power ends and, and begins and what the li- limits of it are. And I like that, like, as the book goes on, Stevenson is just like, I don't know. She can fuck kind of fucking do whatever. Like who cares? Like, and that, that's kind of what I like about it is that like, it just allows them to write so many different scenarios where you would, that you would think like, Oh, well that's it. They're cooked. And then, Nimona can do something different Psych. like when she fakes her death and she's like oh I got better you know like and I like I, I kind of like that like I think it's it's fun to have a character like that that can just sort of do whatever like it also makes for that great joke at the beginning where she turns into a tv and she becomes the tv that Blackheart is watching the news report like there's just so much good stuff like that that like removing all the limits from it I think makes it even more fun yeah from a you know just from that perspective it's really cool uh alex to answer your question i would uh transform into a cat yay I would, I would hang out with my cats and uh i would find out what they're saying if you learned that they were assholes in like an insidious way i know way, they're assholes but like I but like in them. like a in like a Emily, tonight we're gonna stab you, kind of thing. Well, maybe they do. They're they would. I guess they wouldn't change. I, I'm saying, what would the cats have to do for for you to like distance yourself from them? They could not do anything to make me distance. Have you seen them? They're adorable little babies, and I love That's beautiful. them. I yeah. would never turn on my children. This this was a test. <laughs> they sent in an email to our to our email. Um, cry, opinions cry. are chief at gmail.com. <laughs> Yeah, no, the, um, nothing could make me turn on my cats. They could tell me that they murdered someone and I would help them bury the body. Jeff Bezos, watch out. Just saying. Oh, I could only dream. This is this is parody. We, Jeff, we got nothing, yeah, nothing ever, against you. All things said on this podcast are for entertainment purposes only. Um, In the process... I would... Uh, <laughs> parody, uh, like, like, oh, wait. Oh, what's the word? Oh, man. In Minecraft. That's the one. That's the one. That's uh, the one. In the process of exposing the institution's use of jade root, Blackheart and Nimona make a lot of people sick using poison apples. I kind of skipped over- Yeah, that's really fucked up. I skipped over this in my plot summary because, again, I was just trying not to like bog down with too many details. But one thing that they do to expose the jade root use is that they- make these poison apples and they plant them at like the farmer's market so that people will start uh, experiencing these symptoms and then they can use that to like uh, make people uh, fearful of the institution. Uh, And you end up finding out that uh, some people have even died. Uh, And, but my question is, does exposing the institution and its use of uh, dark magics and whatnot justify uh, these the using these poison apples? The vaccine is safe, and um, certain people can't have side effects to it. But it's been tested enough that Alex, many I'm going cases. To fly to Canada it, and kill you with my bare it's, hands. Uh, it's a okay, um, and uh, that's why I'm gonna get a shot live on Jimmy Kimmel Live, actually. So. I'm actually literally getting a uh, booster for the vaccine in like a week. 
uh, yeah, like uh, three days. Well, if right. you're uh, if you want to write in the Levi quote. <laughs> <laughs> Shazam 2 now out great movie we all saw it we all loved it we all reviewed it yeah um, true and real I forgot what the question was I'm gonna rate I think it was pretty fucked up to do a false flag anthrax attack but that's just me I think it was cool I yeah. I mean as a did you think it was cool when they did that post 9-11 as a plot point I think it is funny but like on a like realistic level like it is fucked up and i you know they could have just done the news story and not necessarily tried to but they're, see they're the bad guys so like they, they can yeah. do a little bit of bad guyness right well what i like is that it, it kind of dovetails with this what i like is that okay like they are absolutely right that the institution is powerful enough that like you couldn't just you know leak it to the new york times and everyone would believe it but i also like that they can't think except for they can only think like villains like so they're like they're they're i'm sure there is a better way to expose this than you know a false flag like bioweapon attack but i like that that's what they think of as villains is like oh well we should just fake a bioweapon attack like wouldn't that be like a great way to convince people that it's real and it works so you have to hand it to them on you know at least some level but i i i do think it's a pretty fucked up thing to do what's that guy's name in andor uh antor antor krieger right and so you get to a part in the series where where luthan our, our nice rebel friend is like well the empire is gonna you know we know they're attacking spellhouse they're gonna attack antor krieger and he's gonna die but if we if we warn him, then they're gonna know. Then they're gonna they're gonna stop us. So it's exactly like my favorite show, Andor, which is you know not a lie. I there was no point. I just liked Andor, and I think I just spoiled a part of it. So you That's did. That's okay. I wasn't listening. People are gonna know what Antor Krieger is. They're gonna forget that by the time they watch the show. Like, come on. I can't wait until the Anto Krieger novel. Mm. I watched the Mandalorian episode. Uh, we don't have to talk about it now. We'll talk about it. We shouldn't talk about it. Yeah. No, I, I I mean, it is like a kind of a classic, like, uh, you know, greater good trope. Mm-hmm. But it, I, I do think the book doesn't quite, like, grapple with that all the mm-hmm. way. This is, like, one of my issues with it by the end. And I get that it's, like, you know, they they, they kind of have to wrap the story up. But yeah. the book doesn't really grapple with the fact that, like, the things that were done to Nimona, obviously, are pretty fucked up. Like, she was tortured and and experimented on after they people found out about her powers but like her bloodlust throughout this entire book is like real is is kind of fucked up and mm. like part of the book is like part of the story is that like blackheart is sort of revealing himself over the course of the story to actually not be cut out to be a villain at all mm-hmm. like he's just batman he is just batman <laughs> kind of in, in that like he can't help but do the right thing in in some ways not that Batman always does the right thing, but you know, it's kind of the same like moral compass type thing, mm-hmm. but like the book never really gets to a point where it's like, Oh yeah. Uh, the Nimona thing. What was up? What's up with that? Like, that's kind of crazy that she was like, just trying to do a whole lot of murders of innocent people. Yeah. I mean, I- I've only read it once so far, but I feel like if I did reread it, it'd be like, Oh, like, all- like all the cute murders at the beginning where it's like, Oh, Nimona's been moaning. And now you're like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It's all really recontextualized. But I mean, I don't know. At the end of the day, like 
having a fun character, having a character that's like, you know, just a little twisted, like there is something fun about that. Like there is an, there is an appeal to, to that. She's like the Joker, but for girls. They should make a character punchline punchline. That's the character. (laughs) There it is. It's, it's not exactly, she's also like, not exactly the Joker for girls. No, I just was being silly. (laughs) She yeah, but like she actually has like a coherent reason for doing the things that she's doing, yes. right? Also, like which yes. is very understandable. And I just I don't necessarily need the book to like try to do a redemption arc or or like explicitly be like, oh yeah, and by the way, Namona was bad for doing this. I think like anyone who's not a baby can understand that like it's not <laughs> it's not it wasn't good what she did either. Yeah. I, I, I just wish that the book was like a little bit more concerned with like sort of unpacking those the like moral questions rather than sort of brushing up to them and then kind of backing up like backing off at the point where you would have a reckoning around it it's sort of unfortunate that this is like a debut work because i feel like if, totally if this were something that stevenson was like you know revisiting re remastering for like lack of a better phrase uh you know i feel like you could really get into some of that but like you know i can you know only empathize with this being written in college you know oh totally and i also think like i think you mentioned at the beginning that like because it was a webcomic or like that they didn't have like a full outline of where it was going yeah. go by the end yeah and i think that sort of plays into it too because mm-hmm. you can like it strikes me as being very easy to start with the concept of like oh what if a story about a villain sidekick who like really likes doing fucked up stuff and then Uh you get to the end where you have this twist Uh uh, about who Nimona really is that may not have been there conceptually at the beginning yeah um I, which I, I, I guess I, I don't know if that part specifically was always planned or not, but you can you can sort of see like how I feel like over the course of writing a webcomic you would not fully go back to the beginning, even though it's not. It seems like some of that stuff was probably there in the beginning, but like you know, not as like concrete, fleshed out, etc. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wonder because this was um, this was his thesis, right? Yes. At school. Yes. So like. I wonder how much of it was. Well, I'm a little surprised then. Like, why not go back and change some of the stuff at the beginning for the thesis submission? Maybe, maybe he well, did, but I, probably not. I think part of the, the thing for was. like doing art degrees is that like you submit the process. I don't know. I don't have an art. I have yeah. a way more boring degree, but yeah. No, I I think you're right. Um, I you know there there is a part of me that thinks that in becoming a graphic novel, you could possibly like do a rewrite but also i understand that that would probably take a lot of work and you know redrawing Which for thesis is probably you don't want to do it if you've done like the, the amount of work yeah. it was to you, do you already is, did yeah. the whole comic like redrawing it and, and rewriting like you know why would you do that if the comic it's because from what i understand like people liked this comic on tumblr so like why would you change why would you change too much of it in the the adaptation to graphic novel process if people already like it you know and i don't think that a full rewrite is even necessary i just think that there's like you know yeah it's just one of those things that like as a reader like 10 years later it's, you you might think about it but oh, it's yeah. not even necessarily something you would pick up yeah. on, no yeah you know, no i i mean like it's definitely a feeling that i had while reading it uh is that i you know you can kind of tell that not everything was worked out at the beginning and i don't you know i don't even think that's a bad thing like that's a 
a perfectly normal part of the creation process is to not necessarily know where things are going. But from a reader perspective, I was, you know, it was, it was enjoyable at the beginning too. And it's nice that the scope expanded everything. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a good point that like, probably for the thesis, like having that like growth is probably even looks even better too. Yeah, probably. I also think structurally, like the way that it sort of builds is really well done. Like it feels really like it's just one of those things where you barely even notice it because it feels so elegant and baked in that like when the world it's very gradual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so like by the time we get to the end and it's this big conflict, it feels natural that it would get to that point. Mm -hmm. It's not like villain of the wiki, but like, you know, like for the first fifty or so pages, it's like they're going on their little adventures and they're getting to know each other and then like you don't know when an adventure is like important really to the plot because it all kind of is and it's like short enough where it's um mm-hmm. i mean to go back to the questionable content thing it starts off as like oh what's martin and his roommate gonna get up to this week and now it's like well martin's not really in the book anymore <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it, you know it's the it's the same and, and like it's this it's 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 the nature of like serialized storytelling almost mm-hmm. right is that like the scale 100%. does have to the scale does have to broaden as you go on. And this is just a really good example of how you do that. Well, I think. Yeah. Um, with the sort of gradual build. I didn't really have a question about this written in the notes, but, uh, and, and that's because I debated coming up with a question while I was doing these notes, but you know, I, uh, have had a couple of, uh, alcoholic beverages, so I'm just going to ask anyway. Um, I know that, both of you are like straight dudes. So uh, I understand if you have like some hesitance uh, to, to to weigh in on this question, but like Nimona's like, how do you guys feel about like the, there's sort of an inherent queerness to Nimona the book. Like there's obviously the like golden loin and black heart stuff, but like there is Nimona herself. There's nothing in the story that points to like explicit queerness, but there's a lot of coding there. And like, like her aesthetic is very queer and like the transformation, like body fluidity there's like obviously you know reading this and finding out that Andy Stevenson is transgender like is not something that comes as a surprise at all uh so you know I was just wondering how you guys felt about that like I know that that's a really broad question but I'm not exactly sure what to ask about it but I just think it's really interesting so. I will say it's not a surprise, although I didn't know that they were trans until I read your notes and was like, who is N.D. Stevenson? Yeah, um, well, the- I, so, but that's that's on me. But I, I, I think that like the queerness in this is like, it's a very like 2013 Berkeley student like stereotype of like what the queer aesthetic is, which is like uh, you're not real wrong. because and uh, but yeah, but like that's just like what it like it. It was like th- there's a degree of like ten years ago it was probably more homogenous because a lot of people only their only ideas of what it would look like were came from like what they saw on the news or how it was portrayed in popular media, which was like kind of monolithic in a way uh in a way that like now like because you know there's a degree of more social acceptance for it, and people are more 
like I think on average people see it more often in their daily lives. People have a better understanding that it's not at the just very like least monolithic like that, know, but gayness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, but it, it does have like that sort of like it, it when when you ask the question like that is like what came to mind like while I was reading the book is that like this is very like this feels very ten years ago it in is the way that it extremely tame by twenty twenty three standards. Yeah, but yeah. was sort of the norm for queer content coming out at this time. Like we obviously get the implication that uh golden loin and blackheart were maybe a little more than friends or there were feelings there but like even in the comic itself they don't even actually like i i mean i i hesitate to say that they don't confirm it because i feel like it is pretty like it's there like it but it's also not it's also not a hundred percent right there it's like obvious but and i don't want i don't want to say they don't commit to it but it's not like like i mean this book the like the book came out in 2015 which was the year that gay marriage was legalized yeah. in the united states sure. yeah and and though and it was written in 2012 through 2014 so before yeah. this was even like you know It'd be inaccurate to like, I think, call it, call like the romance between Golden Loin and uh, Black Heart subtext, but it does feel like it's kind of towing the line so that like it wouldn't offend people's sensibilities and could have success in a bookstore market. Yeah. It's just the realities of it's like, and I'm not saying that like, I don't think that N.D. Stevenson set out with the goal of doing that. I just think that like, that is like, like I would not be surprised if it's like it comes from the publisher to an extent that came from the publisher to an extent that like you can't fully commit to it. Even if they did like consciously make the decision to downplay it, I wouldn't blame them. Again, yeah, no, a, sure, yeah, this, totally. You yeah. know, even though that they even though they were at an art college, like this was their senior thesis, like you have no idea what mm-hmm. sort of, I, you know, I guess I, you know, I don't know anything about the college that they went to, but like. You have no yeah. idea what sort of impact, like, prejudice in that way could have had even on, like, just their final project, much less, like, adapting this for a wider graphic novel market. And, like, reading this in 2023, I do wish that they spelt it out more, but I think it's also, like, obvious at the same time. Like, it's, like, what's there is, like, it's enough, but it's, like, I wanted more. And I think, like, if this was I written in 2023... I also really wish that there was more of this. Well, I, do I have the website for you? <laughs> I, like, I expected more just, I don't know, just knowing just knowing the author. I didn't really know when this came out kind of thing. And I was, I actually thought it came out in, like, 2019, um, which <laughs> might have been a little different or something. But, um... Uh, well, there's 65 fix on AO3. So oh, nice! If you want more? You can. Uh, that is uh, less than I would hope for, but you know that's still a good amount. But um, but yeah, I you know I like that there is a lot about Nimona. Like even though the the main example of queerness in the story is obviously uh golden loin and 
Blackheart, but like there is sort of this inherent queerness to Nimona as a character that you don't even need like a, a romantic or sexual relationship to pick up on. Uh, she just sort of like, like I said, like the, the there's the haircut and the, the flu, the transformation as a metaphor for like identity fluidity um i just think is i think it's really cool and i like that she is so like immediately uh clockable as like a queer created character even if that that doesn't really come up in the story at all um but uh yeah, I don't know. I like this book a lot, and I'm glad that we did this episode on it. Um, one of my last questions is, uh, we never find out where Nimona came from or where she is going when she leaves at the end of the book. How do you feel about this ambiguity about Nimona as a character? I loved it. What I think would have been awesome is if, you know, there were, like, multiple scenes where she had, like, people she was about to kill, and she told them, like, different stories about where she came from <laughs> i i could see that happening also because in the back matter there's a few like one-off comics there's like a christmas one the christmas like, yeah ones. i didn't know if you guys actually like uh yeah i didn't know if the version that you guys read had the little christmas comics in it oh, yeah. i really I mean, enjoyed I, those i was cool. i have the deluxe edition very so. charmed very good uh but no yeah, I, I read the deluxe edition on a very cool and very legal site. i love the ending and like it's it's like it's a little sad that that blackheart and nimona never like talk again or at least at this point in the thing um but the fact that like nimona's like the presence of nimona could be there at any time and it's like a comforting sort of like we gone our separate ways but we still like there's still a connection there and that's like that ending got me yeah it's a great it's like the epilogue especially i think is a fantastic ending for the story yeah i uh i really like it i think that it just makes Nimona all the more interesting as a character that because you know like we get we get like the backstory of like there was a kid in the village who got sick and they suspect died but Nimona took the child's place and grew up as you know a, a member of the village or whatever uh we get that but even then we don't a hundred percent know like if that is the truth or not we know that that's what these people believe but like you know it's never confirmed or denied and i also like i as sad and uh like sort of morose as it is i i do like the sort of mysterious like she has exited his life and is just going to to go on and do something else in the world uh at more the murder i also i also like that it plays into the sort of like mythology component that's at the back of this book the sort yeah. of like knights and princesses stuff the like fantasy mythology where like the one of the possible backstories for nimona is that like she was a dragon who killed a knight and then shapeshifted into that knight and said that you know oh yeah, yeah I, slayed the, I slayed the dragon which is great but I, but I, I but I love the love aspect. that story yeah like that's a it's a great bit but I also love the aspect of it that it's like there's a there's a sense that like there's a recurring 
nature to the way that like the like the these sorts of mythologies play out but it's cyclical yeah and i like that the ending leaves that like cyclical aspect of it intact rather than giving like a hard and fast like i mean this there's an ending there's pretty satisfying endings for the characters individually but that like the stories can can continue going on and they will continue in, in Nomona 2. In, in Avengers Infinity War. <laughs> Nomona <laughs> will <Infinity> return. <laughs> in Kang Dynasty. <laughs> 2025. Uh, you, you guys hear that Kang is the highest testing villain since Thanos? That's all. That's, uh, yeah, that's it. What does that mean? Deal. You heard me. <laughs> Got the highest SAT score. <laughs> Smart guy. Uh, so I mentioned. You think the- Nimona would do well on the SATs? Yes. I don't think that Nimona would write the SATs, but I think that through like, but Nimona doesn't seem like the per- kind of like person slash creature slash mythical being who would like do threats. I feel like you just eat the the proctor and then like I don't know. Or she could transform into the SAT grading machine <laughs> and oh, grade her that's own that's SAT. The one. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> bop, 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 bop. I also love, while I'm on the topic of machine, I love the way that, like, the aesthetics are totally, like, medieval fantasy, but also they have, they have like, laser guns. Yes! And, like, cloning vats and shit. like it's It's, like, it's really cool. Like, I I, I love this sort of, like, I want to see more of of that from Seth. Like, I mean, I don't really know many of the properties that do that where it's, like... Well, I mean, there is going to be a movie, so I assume that there will be more of that in the movie because it's going to be more fleshed out. I, I also think it adds a cool like layer to the institution that the institute that like the whole time I was thinking like this probably just is a version of our world where they had superheroes but were like wouldn't it be cool if they if like this is like a universe where medieval times like was the dominant fast food chain in America and so <laughs> yes. and so like all the superheroes are like night night aesthetics rather than <laughs> you know good old boy americans is like americana aesthetics i mean you're not wrong like uh golden loin uh keeps referring to nimona as uh blackheart squire yeah exactly because like it's, he's thinking of this in like night terms if you yeah. guys uh if you guys could choose one one uh one food place that would then become like the dominant like cultural force and spawn superheroes and stuff i have my answer in case you guys don't rainforest cafe uh, that's what i was thinking oh my god that's a banger <laughs> dude that's when a I, banger. I uh i mentioned off mic that are off recording i think that uh i'm gonna be going to visit my girlfriend who lives in uh minnesota soon and uh we're gonna get to go to the mall of america and i'm gonna go to the mall of america rainforest cafe and i'm so oh my excited gosh. i'm so jealous. i'm so there's excited only... to drag my girlfriend and all their friends to the mall there's, of america there's rainforest only one rainforest cafe. cafe in canada and it's in like uh, niagara falls area so yes it like, is i knew that yeah. have I've you been, been there, there? Right? oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah nice. oh yeah <laughs> i want to go back uh but, you know <laughs> it is really funny the rainforest cafe used to be like a huge deal like that was like where we would go like when i was like a really it's like an event it's just like it's just like the food is so bad is is the issue it's like everything around it if they put a little more thing into the food um i guess also the animatronic like chuck e cheese thing has kind of gone down a bit Um, unless you're making horror games. See, but that did that did become like a dominant cultural force right with yeah nights at freddy's so it's true so we're living in that we're living in that, but 
Yeah, no, I'm just thinking like, and then if there's like actual thunderstorms, lightning outside, like something would, like, you know, you know, if it's the dominant thing, like if you get real ones, what would, oh my God, it's really one note. There's not much to it, but I like Rainforest Cafe. Yeah, I'm very excited. My answer to that question is Taco Bell. Of course. Oh, yeah. But what would that mean? Would people just like need to go just to the like, bathroom okay. a lot? Just or... like every McDonald's, if like you could snap your fingers and every McDonald's converted into a Taco Bell. Okay. And there would just be more. There would just be more Taco Bells. I'm but okay with but that. like, if it spawned like superheroes and stuff, what would what? I don't care that? about that part. I just want there to be more <laughs> Taco Bells that I can go to. Are are there like are there none close to you, or do you just no? Yeah, John wants more variety. See, the thing is, there's two close to me, but there's a McDonald's that's like a two minutes away from me. Oh, and if that's that so rough. Taco Bell, that is there anything you can eat at McDonald's other than fries? Well, the bun, that's, you know, I can get do, lettuce. Do you ever just order the fries at McDonald's or you just don't touch it? I have definitely just ordered the fries at McDonald's. I, I, I have done that. I used to get, like, my my grandparents would take us to McDonald's. I would just get, like, cheese and bread. I just get, like, a grilled cheese. That's so sad. <laughs> but no, I, I'm, I'm sure it was a nice moment. I'm it sure is never you were not happy. wild like... to me that you have, like, grown up a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Pretty individualistic. Pretty uh, unique. Pretty individualistic. Trait. It's not individualistic. Oh. I, I meant to say it's a unique. Like it's a unique trait. That's what I was trying to get at. <laughs> um, are no. either of you <laughs> going to watch the Nimona movie when it comes out on Netflix? Okay. I... So. Yeah. Yeah. So I. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to. I didn't want to cut you off, Alex. <laughs> um, I, I googled the Nimona movie, and uh-huh. based on the screenshots. The anime, the style of the animation looks very bad to me. Um, and so I, that like, cause I was interested after reading it. Cause like I said, like I really enjoyed it and I thought it looked really good. And I'm like, Oh, I would have loved a, way- a movie that was like actually made in Indian style, but like, there's just, just un- there's no way they were going to do that. This is ugly dragon prince. Dragon okay. prince is already <laughs> ugly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just looked at it and I, I was just like really disappointed. I like, I felt really let down because I think it has a really cool visual style. I don't think it looks style. that bad. And that, yeah, that's fair. That's your opinion. Yeah, one, that, one I mean, that's opinion. just my opinion uh, that I don't think it looks that bad. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> I just think that like, now that, you know, we've gotten like, at Spider-Verse and Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, like you can adapt movies to like make you can make animated movies that kind of like look like comics. Mm-hmm. And obviously like the yeah. the is like most of that in Puss in Boots at least it's not really the aesthetic. The aesthetic is kind of a typical DreamWorks aesthetic, but with Spider-Verse, like it has like a much more comic booky style. Like mm-hmm. I I just I just think that like make adapting a adapting a comic, especially the adaptation uh, or, or especially to animation rather than than live action and sort of abandoning like the style of the original of the original like the source material is not great because yeah. it's just going to end up it, it cheapens it in a way to me, I, I, mean, at least, like, I think it's notable that i am like i imagine the production timeline for this movie probably predated the blowing up of Spider-Verse just based on how long totally, it takes yeah. to yeah, animate that makes movies. And so I I have to imagine that they, unlike Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, this movie was probably not really able to benefit from 
the status quo change that Spider-Verse brought to animation. Yeah. But it, it just sort of looked like it just sort of felt like seeing screenshots from the yeah. Sandman show. No, like, I, I don't I don't blame you for not being a fan of the style as it appears. I, I mean, I don't know that we haven't really seen any of it in motion, so I have no idea. Yeah. yeah I mean the tra- like the trailer could come out and it, uh, I could totally do a yeah, lady. But like, uh but yeah, I you know, I, I don't think it looks that bad, but I don't blame you for having hoped that maybe it would hew a little closer to the comic yeah. style because that would have fucking ruled. I'll probably watch it just because it's Riz Ahmed and Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. Too. So I think like on a, on a voice cast thing, it's like, oh, that's a big part. But yeah, this I only see the one screenshot and it's like, and there's really not Blackheart going like this. Yeah. And then it's, you know, there's, going like that. there's really not much uh, in the way of stuff like stuff for the movie that has been put out yet which is unfortunate i will say the um so there's there's two screenshots i see there's one where it's like a bit of lens flare going on and lights in the background it says nimona i actually the art the animation that looks better than uh the other image but yeah uh, i don't know if you guys i wait at first when you started to describe the image you were talking about i thought the lens flare one was the one you were talking about and then i saw the the other one where he's just sort of i'm back. angry but um yeah i you know i'm gonna watch this movie i've been uh excited for this and i was devastated when the news initially came out that they were going to be shelving it i i you know i imagine that the success of she for netflix uh because it was very popular i imagine that like Indy Stevenson has, uh, you know, enough sway over there that that is how Netflix ended up picking this up. And I'm glad that they did because I think it would have been an absolute travesty for this to just get, you know, unceremoniously buried like Scooby-Doo and Crypto 2. Uh, <laughs> I downloaded that, uh, the, yeah i haven't downloaded still i haven't watched watched i still haven't watched it yet but uh they they, they had a hex girls movie that they canceled which i think is a crime yeah that's literally homophobia (laughs) um yeah uh i you know i don't have any more questions about nimona but was there anything else that you guys uh thought about or wanted to to bring up about the comic before uh we start to close up shop it's okay if the answer is no I just want to make sure that we didn't miss anything. It makes me want to read more web comics. And like the last web comic that I read consistently was probably like JL8 uh, before I fell off. And oh, then I learned did. That the I guy... also used to kind of read JL8. Wait, yeah. did, did the guy do something? It's been years. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he did like, he was a creep. Oh, like. ew. I don't like that. Well, it's, yeah. Was he not? He was. No, 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 no. He was. But, like, my understanding of that is that, like, it was actually, like, kind of one of the few cases where he, like, actually reformed and figured his his shit out. Oh, that would be nice. I don't want to say that for sure, but that was my understanding of that. uh, Cool if true. Yeah, I I met him after all that happened, but I didn't know about it. And I, like, got a print and I was very excited. And then I went home and then I did some reading and I was like, ah... I also have a couple JL8 prints. I remember following JL8 on Facebook back in the day. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And well, I mean, 
before all that stuff happened though like or maybe not i don't know but like he was always in a weird space where like it was successful enough where he had an audience but not successful enough that dc would actually either like say stop doing it or be like mm-hmm. we'll pay you to do it kind of thing <laughs> yeah he's like caught him there um well they, they yeah dc also had the um they had like a book like that the oh yeah it's, uh, the tiny titans oh my god tiny titans yeah i, love I can't tiny remember titans. the names of the the creative team Franco. but they were yeah our baltazar we, and we met him at yeah, a new york comic con new york comic con yeah we got our yeah. little sketches <laughs> they did uh the green team i want to yeah, say team trillionaires uh and then gail simone did the out no not the outsiders Mo- the move the movement yeah, they both lasted What's like the eight name issues. Of that book? Yeah, unfortunate. It was the same. Uh, just the fun fact: it was the same launch, same imprint as Prez. Oh, so they all got everything got canceled there. It, it, was, canceled. it, it was a lot of swings and a lot of a lot of misses financially. Uh, yeah, yeah. You should read more web comics. I every once in a while think about I haven't. Re- I should catch up on questionable content. Uh, and then I will say but, it. Indie Stevenson has a the, one of the only Substacks that I'm actually subscribed to uh, is Indie Stevenson's Substack, where they uh, will post like auto bio comics and stuff, uh, like stuff about their life or uh, you know just uh, like pr- emotions from the past or whatever. And I, it's you know the the, the art style is still very similar to Nimona because that's just sort of their personal style. But uh, it's definitely something that I really enjoy reading. So uh, I will recommend the Boba Fett fan comic that Emily sent to me uh, that they did, which if you're willing to, you know, accept some canon divert, accept some canon divergences, uh, it's it's quite good. It's better than Book of Boba Fett, (laughs) which may sound like I'm damning it with faint faint praise, but it's actually good. Oh, I remember reading this. Yeah, it's really cute. I like took a look at it, but because I like don't have as much like investment with specifically Boba Fett, like I I wasn't uh, necessarily as like grabbed. But I, you know, I should probably read it. I've heard that people like it. So Zam Wessel. It makes a lot of sense that they would write a story about Zam Wessel, who is also a shapeshifter shapeshifter yeah that makes sense like that's that checks out having now read nimona (laughs) but yeah um yeah definitely recommend nd stevenson substack for sure um but do you do you guys hear that sound do you hear it oh yeah oh that's the tie fighter shot uh sample from the 100x song 757 wrong it's the sound of the doomsday clock uh, oh, say, the critically acclaimed miniseries. Saying that it's time for our first ever cry space. It's a new segment that we are doing uh, in the new year where we highlight one thing that made us uh, cry or uh, made us emotional this week. So, um, John Luke Botville, what is something that made you cry this week? Uh, I don't have it. Okay. We recorded the last episode like three days ago, so I don't. Uh, it's been longer than that, uh, but I, I, I don't like have any. Three days. It, it feels has been three days. It has been three days actually, so I don't really have anything new. But I will say, I cried for how dog shit my opponents were in Apex Legends this morning <laughs> when I played because holy shit! I look, I cried a little bit because it means that like my MMR has probably gone down at some point because I was in some real shitter lobbies. 
and I was like pretty sad for how bad my opponents were playing and how easily they were getting smoked off drop. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. What about you, Alex? Heartbreaking. Uh, I've been sick this week, which hasn't been fun. Um, but I ordered something like six months ago and completely forgot about it, and then it arrived nice. like yesterday. It's in the background. Um, so I like The Simpsons, and uh, I ordered. I ordered oh, Kirk awesome. Van Houten's uh, cassette tape. Can I borrow a feeling? Oh, it's got all the it's got all the copyright oh, information. <laughs> that rocks. That is awesome. So, so this just hangs out in the background now. Oh, that's adorable. That's so cool. My cry space this week. I uh, oh god, I had it and then it uh, left my brain. What did I? What became? Oh no, I remember what made me emotional this week. Um, earlier today, I watched for the first time a movie called The Raid. Uh, oh hell yeah! And I cried tears of joy at how fucking amazing, like how the badass that movie rocks. was. Yeah, yeah, the raid is awesome. My <laughs> wife watched it uh, a couple, like a week ago, and was in in the days since had been uh, pushing pretty heavily for us to watch it. So we finally, I watched it uh, earlier today, and oh boy what a fucking film right yeah the raid is awesome absolutely I, I, incredible both of those movies are yeah we sick. we have i i have got uh the raid and raid 2 so uh raid 2 is definitely going to come come soon but oh boy what what a fucking film yeah that movie that movie slaps. absolutely incredible this is like an amazing couple of years for action movies too it's Dread. like whenever that came out it's, it's well, yeah, like dread was in that also similar like get up some floors now yeah it is very much <laughs> it is very similar to dread it, yeah more like martial arts than dread though dread is more just like epic gun gun shit yeah, and, yeah I mean, there's cool gun shit in the raid too but it's way more like martial arts focused yeah, yeah the the raid is like a like it's not like john wick in the like plot of john wick but in the like action and fighting of john wick and even like uh a couple of guys who i think were in the raid too were in john wick 3 then uh, john wick 3 yeah yeah uh, my favorite th- uh my favorite cameo from people from the raid is uh when they play conja club in Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens. Ooh. What a film! Wait, Balatigue. What? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so you, you remember that scene where uh, Han Solo is like on the ship, and there's like two gangs, and they're both like, "You owe us money." Uh-huh. And one of the, the Scottish guys, like, and he's like, "No," and he tells the Scottish guy, "Like, no, I got money from." Kanja Club, they're the ones who screwed you here. Uh, and then I he guess. goes, Tell that to Kanja Club. And then he turns around and there's Kanja Club standing there. Uh-huh. Uh those are the guys from the raid. <laughs> no shit. And it was like hyped up as this thing of like, oh, they got the guys from the raid in in, in Force Awakens, and they're on screen for maybe three seconds. Yeah. And they don't do it. No I mean, I, they don't do I've anything. Never, I've never heard this before. A couple of them roll and then like, yeah. That is insane. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. I had no idea. It's pretty cool, but you know, it's yeah, it's yeah. cool, but no substance. Yeah, Although, it's and it's like, there. wasn't uh, there, <laughs> no, wasn't there like uh, another? Like, there, there was like, I, I don't know somebody was in a stormtrooper uniform. Daniel Craig. 
Yeah, it was Daniel yes, Craig. Dan- Daniel Craig yeah, is uh, Last Jedi. No, in Force Awakens. Force Awakens. Daniel yeah. Craig is the stormtrooper who rave Jedi mind tricks. Yeah. Uh, on Starkiller Base. Yeah. Wasn't there the one who like when when Kylo runs raging in um Last Jedi and one walks away? That was also someone. It's like they're walking down the hallway uh, and they hear him raging, and they're like, "Oh no!" I probably don't Me- no, yeah, yes, yes, yes. But that is in um, that's not in Last Jedi. That's that scene's from Force Awakens. Oh. Okay, but anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> so this this has been crying in the book club. Uh, we have cried over Nimona today. Uh, if you would like to check us out on the internet you can do that on twitter at crying book club you can rate and review us five stars please on your podcast platform of choice if you would like to find john luke on the internet you could do that at mountain dew liker on twitter or letterbox jl botville if you would like to find alex you can do that on twitter at alex hansiak and if you'd like to find me you could do that at impandanata on twitter or Panda Boar on Letterboxd and Twitch and the podcasts Imagine Me and Utana, the Fresh Podcast Market, and that looks terrible. So that's the end of our episode, guys. Bill Hader voiced BB-8. No shit. Huh. Wait, what? Bill Hader and Ben Schwartz voiced BB-8 in Star Wars The Force I feel like I knew about Ben Schwartz being involved, but huh. How about that? Did you know that, uh, you know how in The Last Jedi, no one ever says, may the force be with you out loud? Sure. And, like, okay. people got mad about that because in all the Star Wars movies. <laughs> I guess they sure. did. Uh, BB-8 says, may the force, or, or no, I have a bad feeling about this, not may the force be with you. I have a bad feeling about this. Uh, BB-8 says it? At the beginning of the movie, after the, like, really bad, like, Poe Dameron prank call, uh, when the X-Wing is, like, flying towards the Star Destroyer, and BB-8 does a little chirp, he's saying, I have a bad feeling about this. Oh, because they translate it to, yeah. Okay. Wow. That's true. I love Star Wars. I don't. The Mandalorian episode was so good. This I liked the Poe Dameron prank call. I did, too. Oh, I, like, I, I did, too. I, I also okay. liked yeah. Poe Dameron. And, and then you got a, Jean-Luc's favorite Star Wars character of all time. Yeah. Captain Kennedy. Captain Kennedy. Hamilton the night before, though, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I I think I was still pretty hyped up from that. Yeah, I I had to be nice about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just rapping the whole time. It was pretty cool. I was just like, yeah. uh, American politics are so cool. I wish I was American. And then I like thought about it for two years and I'm off <laughs> it. So. You don't wish you were American. Was that really? No, that has to be more than two years. Ago. No, that's no, like, no. That's four no, years. But now, it took right? me two years to, you know, figure oh, it out. Oh, yeah. Alex, I, you need to find I've been a clean new for a while. musical to get obsessed with. Is uh, Riverdale season seven's coming back. So whatever, whatever they choose. He- yeah, carry the musical, but specifically the one from Riverdale. I gotta, I can't even lie. I feel like I remember really loving some of the American Psycho, the musical performances that were in uh, the most recent season of Riverdale. Oh, I've, I have not gotten to that episode. Oh, yet. man. Oh, yeah. well, I, I don't know if you know that, like, Roberto Aguirre Casa worked on American Psycho, the musical. So this He's is talented. like. Don't? He's talented. Yeah. It's, that's also a crazy thing to turn into a musical. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of 
there are a lot of really interesting licensed musicals like that. There's I, um, Evil Dead, the musical is one. See, but that, that makes is... sense because Evil Dead has a lot of camp. I'm sorry. Are you are you telling me that American Psycho does not like? I mean, I guess I don't know. I would American say that it's, Psycho. It's not I don't camp, think it's but camp. it's like American Psycho is kind of hilarious and dramatic. I feel like I, you can. It's. F- I, I think a little more in retrospect, though, not so much as like the point. I don't know. Oh no, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like adapting. Yeah, like yeah, like American Psycho. Now you see clips from it, and you're like, oh, that's kind of funny. Like Christian Bale's performance is a little goofy. I think, in that I think movie. American Psycho is hilarious. I saw it for the but first like, time like a month ago. Wait, really? Yeah, that's yeah. fun. Yeah, well, yeah, fun. Oh, it's I mean, fun. I don't know. I, 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 I think that I enjoy American fun. Psycho. I, so I even I read the book when I was. I had like a. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The, the, I don't even fucking remember. You had a Fight Club phase, Uh, right? Well, okay, yeah. I had a, it's a different artist. Well, I had a Chuck, I had a Chuck Palahniuk phase in high school, and then college was the Brett Easton Ellis phase. Damn. Yeah. Brett Easton Ellis is, uh, even more of a dick than Chuck Palahniuk. I, something (laughs) with me and awful gay men, you know? Are you planning on going, doing like any other more education? I'm just curious to see what, like, terrible, you know. (laughs) writer you you fall into um maybe tom king will be the one in the masters (laughs) oh that would be really funny no okay he's not a terrible writer he just like shot a bunch of people in the middle east um i totally i I totally thought he was a desk job guy but that picture he shared (laughs) where he was like think he was a desk no he he, he thought it well i don't think he thought it was a flex but people he he got fed up with people being like you you didn't do you weren't in the cia you didn't do it so he shares a photo (laughs) of him like in the middle east like carrying a gun and i'm like oh my god in baghdad in 2003 yeah tom i thought you were a desk guy and i was like oh we should read sheriff of babylon because i i think that will clarify even further some of how i feel about tom king only if we also do that uh, that racist one from a couple years ago. Well, I, Sheriff I, I of Babylon is definitely racist, way more racist than that. Yeah, yeah, but so, I like superheroes. Well, if so. you think about it, the CIA operatives in Iraq were kind of like superheroes, yeah. which is more or less the concept of Sheriff of Babylon. I've never like they don't it. actually have superpowers, but it is like he. He he writes a self insert character that is him, but like, what if he was kind of more like Batman? What if I could shoot the gun really well though, <laughs> instead of just posing for one photo then putting it down? Alex, I know that I know in my my brain you said shoot the gun, but what my ears heard you say was chew the gun. <laughs> Tom King is a uh... yummy. <sighs> yummy, 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 yummy. The Childish Gambino music video where he eats the and yeah. this American music video where he eats the AK. Um, yeah, I, I don't, that happens in that music video, right? That I would be a good prank so. to play on the U.S. military. You replace all their guns with like edible ones, and it's like, oh, guys, you're not going to go hungry today, but you're also like Yikes. dead. Is that? <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, I love the U.S. military. They're my favorite. Top ten military in the world. Number one will shock you. <laughs> Literally. that's what makes them so effective (laughs) oh we should talk about the (laughs) whoa wait is it is it podcast night tonight (laughs) shit (laughs) you can't talk during the song Okay, that was sick.